Now, uh, according to the amazing principle of nonlinear editing, uh, we've been able to jump a whole week. Welcome to, uh, is this even 2020 yet? It might be. Who knows? Um, could we be. don't know when this is coming out. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're, we're literally more days left spontaneously recording this back to back. Um, we didn't even know we were going to do this. But I, I thought it was going to be, I thought it's an interesting discussion to who, go over the top 10 the People movies. who love Isaac are going to be so mad that for two weeks. Who loves Isaac? It's me. Instead. <laughs> yeah, they're just we replacing all, Isaac with me. Oh, we all love another Isaac. voice. Ah, that hey, sounds look, very similar. It's Kazu. Hi, Kazu. Hey, Cameron. How's it going? <laughs> Not Are our voices distinguishable whatsoever? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Only well, anyways. Our, only I'm, the quality of our diction, I suppose. <laughs> Aw. That's mean. Well, I mic'd up Kazu because, just in case he wanted to jump in with anything, he was kind of like our producer last episode. He was looking up all the facts and figures, you know, saying all of our, what we were getting wrong, you know, and that, that was pretty helpful. But I, I figured if he, if he was going to do that, he's got to have a mic, you know. <laughs> so in any case, uh, this is episode 75 of Everything Comes From Something. Crazy how time flies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is Cameron Tuttle. I'm joined by Juzo Greenwood and Kazu Greenwood, as you just heard. We're, we, this is going to be a, a no-frills episode because we're kind of burnt out because we just recorded another That's one. That's cool. I'm good. Um, but we we talked for so long about the movies of the decade that we, we wanted to spend a bit longer diving deeper into the into the movies that came out this year there were a lot of great ones actually a lot of good ones uh, a couple of terrible ones one called the rise of skywalker um <laughs> it's so we bad. argued enough about it i mean cameron we just saw it i, mean, I saw it last night cameron saw it yeah but it's hours gonna, ago it's gonna come out in uh or it, by the time this goes up it'll have been out for like yeah, a couple I, weeks yeah, now. a lot of people will have seen it and so, probably enjoyed it very much. I doubt it. I doubt any. I think most people are going to feel the same as me, which is just that it's kind of messy, but I enjoyed it because most people go to movies not going to to criticize them. Most people go just to go. Oh, that's pretty good. Is that what no, you think? I, of I do me? have to say, even my friend Adam. Is who, that what who, you think of me? You that I go into the no, these I don't think that trying be, to criticize. No, but we both go into movies with a critical eye. Oh yeah, a lot sure. of people go to movies. Like I go to with my friend Adam. He just he judges them just on how much he enjoys them, and right. he he doesn't go in with a with a negative outlook whatsoever, yeah. and rarely comes out with a negative outlook, which I actually think is the more correct way to watch movies. And even he walked out of Rise of Skywalker, and he was like, "That's pretty good." So you know, if, if he's a little <laughs> lukewarm, maybe it's not so great. But I I enjoyed it. Kazu enjoyed it apparently. Yeah, I, I think know. I fall kind of between the two of you. Oh, really? Where I, I had fun with it, but don't know why I did. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Again, I agree with Cameron's criticisms, uh, but yet <laughs> I still all correct. enjoyed it very much and Here's, found it delightful. I, I will. I will now because it's been it's been a little while. It's been you know a couple weeks yeah. since since the movie came out in <laughs> in your future time. Uh huh. Uh, and I will now, at this point, give my one-sentence critique of the movie. Did I give that last time? Not on the podcast. Okay. All right. This is my one-sentence uh, review of the movie. I can't think of a more accurate metaphor for the rise of Skywalker than the stinking, rotting, reanimated corpse of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> that's just not... That's not... That's just not nice, Cameron. That's not nice. But is it true? Yes. No, I disagree. Yes, it is. No, yes, it I... is. I can't think of a better metaphor because that's <laughs> music, but I don't know. 
Yeah. So, anyways, to move on from the terrible movies that we've seen this year, actually, I should do, we do a bit worst of the year? Uh, we, I got some stinkers, man. Oh my god! I want John Luke Godard. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 <laughs> let's go over a couple of the bad movies that we saw this year. So here's one that I think is a little bit unfair to call one of the worst movies of the year, um, because. Uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 no. That's completely. That's pretty bad. unfair. It's in my. T- it's it's in my bottom three of the year. It is. Um, Again, you've seen very few movies, but okay. Well, I've seen very few bad. I very movies. nicely curated your movies that you go to. That I you... liked Ad Astra better than this movie. <laughs> well, Ad, well, Ad Astra's a good movie. Ad Astra was boring. You know, though, <laughs> I think I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker more than I did Ad Astra. Oh, I'm gosh. not gonna lie. Oh, I mean, gosh. look, Ad Astra's obviously better made, but. I had barely, but, look, but I mean, it's enjoyment, no, actually, that's the weird not thing is, barely. Enjoy, it's much better made. Enjoyment of movies is often different. Like I, I, I finally was able to see Woody Allen's new movie this year. I, I watched it on like a, a, not a torrent, but some kind of illegal, uh, illicit website. And, and, um, it was like the biggest piece of crap, but I enjoyed it more than most <laughs> good movies I saw this year. It was just, it was, it was, um, I don't even know why, but it was hilarious. Mm. Mm. Um, not genuinely funny, but I was laughing at, how baffling it was yeah i so so one of the movies that i think is a little bit unfair to to say is the worst of the year because like i think the documentary was actually made like like with a little bit of heart to it like it was trying to be good oh you're gonna tear these guys down (laughs) they haven't even got their movie i know right i know it's it feels sad but um we are the radical monarchs was uh was a movie that left me genuinely upset (laughs) But that, that's the, your, the ideology. Of it. I mean, the, the thing about it was, uh, I didn't actually find it terrible. I found it actually very interesting, and, and I thought, that, me too. To, the to movie's me, not bad. The asset of of the movie, even though t- to me ultimately the movie is like a pro- is a promotional movie. It's not. It's a not just. Piece. It's not a. I don't know if I'd go that far. It's more just like it's it's. Uh, but but it, it shows enough of the inner workings of it that it, it is interesting. It should explain. I, you now you have to explain what it's about. Oh dear! Did we talk about this? I feel like no, we talked about it. Of course not. This. Of course. Not. Well, we are the Radical Monarchs is a movie about a um, pseudo Girl Scout troop that is, um, let's just say, ideologically possessed in a for to a certain predisposition. Um, you know, well, it's, it's young girls of color. That I mean, that's what I mean. Damn! When you introduce this topic, we have to explain <laughs> what it is. Young girls of color, and and they they are they are being taught. Taught intersectional um, ideology, essentially. That's that's the way that I would put it. Yeah, I don't know. The, the way when we say it out loud, it doesn't sound that bad. But the oh, it does. I don't me. know. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, I mean it's just it's just kind of the 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 things. Small being children being kind of, uh, being persuaded to. It's just sort of, to, it was an interesting in irony way. because because they're being taught about culture and media and about uh, race relations and gender relations. Um, they're being taught things that are genuinely true and, and things that should be taught to kids. And then, then there's like things that should be taught or should you know about, but it's, they're a little too young to, to form opinions about certain things. And then there are certain things where it's almost like, um, I don't know if I call it brainwashing, but it's just like a, like a, um, <laughs> <I would. laughs> like, like certain things about it. It interestingly, it kind of mirrors a lot of the stuff that, um, uh, I don't know. Do I want to invoke the guy's <laughs> name? Trump? Uh, well, talks about, no, like things like, like not trusting the media, the media lies to you, all these sort of things. 
they're being taught these things. That is true. Yeah. About about yeah. like the, the this media promotes this image and it's false and, it's, and there's all these but but and about things that are and again it's like there's a combination of the genuine and the things that are kind of a little bit extreme, um, but. I don't know, but again, this is more criticism of the the group yeah, itself. Yeah, it's, not, it's I mean, not about the. Docu- I don't know. The documentary cut is... this whole part out because because it, it's not really about the film itself. I think the film is just kind of so so. It's fine. In any know? case, um, yeah. it was a movie that upset me uh, deeply. Um, yeah, I made Cameron go see it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I thought it was funny to make Cameron see it. <laughs> um, the documentary, to be uh, to be very fair, is 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 not bad or anything. I mean, it's not. It's like it's not. It's a work- bad. Some of these friggin' foreign movies I saw this year. Oh my it's god! It's a working. It's a working film. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a working film. Jean Luc Godard's The Image Book. Oh dear. Just a flurry of. No, it's not a working film. It's s- like it's like a dangling strand. And- yeah, we were talking last year, uh, last podcast about about these gr- great older directors who are making quality stuff. Yeah, and I was just making fun of Woody Allen, but Woody Allen is nowhere near as embarrassing as Godard. I oh. mean, like, oh my god! I mean, the, the the 3D movie was interesting, but this one, it's he doesn't subtitle half of it, so you, he's just like, oh, if you're not French or whatever, you don't understand <laughs> part of it, and it's just these like loud no, this is noise and incoherent imagery. Um, and at 80 minutes, it felt like the longest film I saw this year. It was, it was really wow. astounding. And I, I sat through the whole thing. I did not turn it off, didn't fall asleep, watched the whole thing. And it's probably the worst film I've ever seen. All right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to, maybe we should Except watch maybe Aquaman. Maybe we should watch that after this because it would be a great double oh. bill with the rise of style. Oh, <laughs> God. Rise of stuff. Please, please. Um, AJ Abrams is a better filmmaker than John Lecourtard. <laughs> <laughs> The sad thing is Let's that break I down that. 100% is that, is that agree. true? <laughs> I think it might be. I don't know. Is it? That's going to get me more canceled than anything that you've I've ever said, said. Yeah. in public or private. <laughs> and you, you know what things I say in private, by God. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so uh, another... Not it's, not it's not even that bad. I mean... Long day's journey oh, into night. It's it's not oh, like it's that bad, but, but it's God, do, like, do people really want to hear about all these no, movies, terrible movies? No, there's no point in recommending bad movies. I mean, these there's no point in recommending a movie you've never heard of that's bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's here's a thing true. you've never heard of and you shouldn't see it. You know, mm, mm. something if if Avengers Infinity War is bad, you want to tell people you know stay away. You gave two stars to Captain Marvel. One the same hell. You, oh, you um, look at my ratings. As well as the Lion King. Lion King. And those bad. were yeah. I those I, are two big movies that are. I did not. I did not see the Lion King. Um, I was deeply offended by its, uh, by by even the the idea of it. Um, I that's didn't an like interesting it. one because that's that I didn't want it to come out. Me seeing the Lion King is, is a testament to my kind of like a tourist uh, <laughs> way I watch. I go to the movies because yeah, yeah it's true. To me, I have a group of filmmakers who I've liked, or if I've liked their work, I'll go see whatever they make. And John Favreau is one of those filmmakers. He's made three movies that have become in the rotation of movies I watch over and over. Mm. Elf, Iron Man, and Chef, which is, if you haven't seen Chef, that we didn't talk about it last week. Yeah. That's an amazing, um, amazing movie. And um, so I saw Lion King the opening weekend, and it was so not worth it. Also, our car got robbed the same night <laughs> we saw it. <laughs> Someone bashed in our back window. Oh, no. But... Um, I think my mom might have liked it. I don't know. She just likes the music, though. Mm. But but uh, yeah, it's just a worthless movie. And 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 from the trailer and from looking at it, I never would have seen the movie. But I'm like, oh, I'll go see his movie 
because of because of John these guys Favre. and and, yeah. and and often most in most cases it pays off it's interesting to see a mediocre movie by Spielberg or, yeah, or Scorsese yeah. or whoever but but Favreau it's, it seems like it's kind of a shame he's just gone in this direction of just doing these live action quote unquote or realistic animation remakes oh I also saw the today yeah. I mean before before the uh, the the terrible experience Great. that I had um, there there was a trailer for Mulan. Um, that which, actually looks kind of good. Which though, I was, or looks I was, better than. I I think it looks better than than the Lion King. But um, you know, you're a big fan of Mulan, the cart the uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I loved Mulan um, as a kid, and I mean I haven't seen it in years. But I saw uh, it in kindergarten in teacher Scott's class. I have no recollection of the film. But, oh really? You should you should watch it again. Yeah. I I think it's actually it, listen to Jerry Goldsmith's score. It's very good. It's um, it's both very funny as well as actually you know kind of impactful in mm-hmm. in, a, in a way and it yeah i, I think it, i think it actually is um one of the better films of that era in in disney are we going to talk about the movies we're looking forward to next year already we can we can because okay, um, i already know the well, it's really f- it's five it's five it's tenet nolan mm, yeah. soul the pixar pete doctor yes. one i mentioned last week um dune which we also talked about Mank, which is David Fincher's new movie. Oh, yes. And then a one, I don't know if you've heard about this, there's a Macbeth that Joel Cohen is directing solo. Whoa. And you okay. know who's playing Macbeth and Lady Macbeth? Denzel and Francis McDormand. Yes. Like maybe the yes. two greatest yeah. actors and actresses alive. Wow, I, that, mean, I mean, I'm. Holy mackerel. That, that kind of gets me hyped. It's A24 doing. Yeah, it's good. That's. Uh, Okay. Interesting movie. You know, I I didn't hate the um, what was it, 2014 Macbeth. Oh, that was, um, well, that was lousy. I, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I it was. I think I fell asleep though. I might not. You like, of course, you like because the, the cinematography is amazing. The cinematography is is beautiful. Right. Um, it's a sleepy movie. It is. It is. It's not just me. I like it. It's a sleepy movie. It, the thing is, um, I don't mind like slow cinema. I don't. I don't. Being from. Things being boring isn't like the a turn off to me necessarily. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's been Thanks beat your, out of your me classes. In, in, <laughs> right, right. in film school. Right. So um, you know, I, I didn't hate it. It it wasn't it wasn't amazing, but uh, Oh, that was another thing it. I was gonna say about my evolution in film I'm just remembering. What is is my tolerance for movies like that, slow cinema movies and these like pretentious art house movies, I think earlier in the decade I used to watch them in a way of like maybe I don't understand this, but it's but it's really great. Like two thousand one I'd say someday i'll get this movie and then as i've gotten older i just go no 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 this is just garbage like this <laughs> this stuff is just long as journey tonight you know 2001 i mean look there are great movies that are slow paced you know vim vendors you know there's always great ones but a lot of the things that people people mistake serious self-seriousness for greatness in movies. yeah yeah self-seriousness and ponderousness and um, I think we should still watch um, a movie that literally nobody's ever heard of called Queen of Diamonds. Um, is that an actually good movie? Or are you trying to get people to see it? No, no, it's not a good movie. Um, okay. But it's I, I want us to watch it. Uh, oh, okay. because because I think it's or maybe, you know, let's let's throw an Isaac here. Let's let's, sure, <laughs> let's have yeah. Isaac watch. We're going to do a Queen of Diamonds and God's Not Dead double bill. <laughs> We're exposed to the the pillar nadir pillars of cinema. Um, yeah, no, what a what a just an awful movie. But it's it's almost it's on the verge of it being so uh, utterly bad and nonsensical that it's that it's 
Is this Queen of, of Diamonds? Yeah, Queen of Diamonds. Huh. That it's like almost, it's almost on the verge of being excellent. I want to um, see that one that about the where where it was like, um, what was the one about? The, it was like a, uh, it was a feminist like cult movie. What was it? it came out oh, last year. Oh yeah, um, the uh, the misandress. The misandress, because that yes. that looked like something that would torture cameras. I wanted to and see it, that too. But I, it actually looked like it could actually just be kind of an entertaining like B movie. I I, um, I kind of wanted to see that too. It looked like it was kind of intentionally a B movie, but um, man, we should stop talking about terrible movies. God so damn. another one that we both saw together. Uh, was Harmony Korine's uh, the, <laughs> <just> torturing people. <laughs> the Beach, the beach Bomb. Oh, I hated that. Except that had a great scene where Martin Lawrence, he's so excited to go swim with the dolphins that it turns out it's sharks. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> he gets his leg bit off. That I felt hysterical. a lot. I felt a lot um, about the Beach Bum in the same way that I felt about the Rise of Skywalker, um, because uh, the Beach Bum is beautifully made. Many of the themes in the Beach Bum uh, relate not only to the movie but also, uh, you know, to, to the to the to the process of making the movie as well, you know? So the beach bum is a movie about, uh, <laughs> basically a, um, a nonsensical poet who is, who is given, uh, an inc- incredible praise and le- leeway to do whatever he wants. And, um, he basically, uh, you know, is, is, you know, he's, He's undeservedly given um, many, many awards and accolades, just like Harmony Corrine, uh-huh. uh, because he's kind of a talentless filmmaker. And, and um, people eat it up. So, you're, yes, so exactly. you're, you're putting me in with the audience of the in-character poetry <laughs> people yes, in yes, exactly. Beach Bum. Um, wow, Karen. Yeah, and so The, the Rise of Skywalker, similarly, um, <laughs> is about, a, uh, about an so old... <laughs> It's not pretentious. About an old character, an, an old character who we've known to to grow in love, um, being killed and then uh, reanimated, um, and um, being pranced around like uh, like the movie Weekend it at Bernie's. It was pretty funny how he was he was being held on the big crane. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, um, <laughs> I think you guys need to get into your list. Yes, let's for, do it for Isaac's sake. Yeah. Yes, thank you, producer. Yeah. Producer Kazu. Yeah. Because um, okay. it is a great year for movies. Yes, yes. There have um, been some some amazing movies. Um, is there anything else you want to say about terrible movies? I mean, no, I mean, yeah. Avoid, you know, synonyms, Captain Marvel, Lion King. Those are like the big ones, I guess. Yeah. That's about it. Um, yeah. So so let's start with number 10. We'll talk about number 10. Um, oh, we're just going to do 10 to 1? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. My number 10 uh, right now, and it could change, is Ford v. Ferrari. Okay. Which is uh, a James Mangold movie who made Logan. Yes. His second excellent film of, of the decade. And uh, it's basically, ostensibly, it's a movie about these these dudes in the, I guess it's, it's the 60s, who build, who work at Ford and who are building a car to try and beat Ferrari at the Le Mans, uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans race. Um, and as just a, as a, biopic story of these guys the 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 guy who um one guy who's the driver and the other guy who's kind of like overseeing the whole project uh matt damon and christian bale ostensibly it's just about the process of these people who are really passionate and they're trying to beat ferrari and ostensibly just a almost like a sports movie a racing movie but as the movie goes on it sort of dawns upon you um that the movie the the actual antagonist of the film is not ferrari but it's actually it's the the bean counters and the suits at ford and it's actually it becomes sort of a movie about artistry and about about mm. about 
people a vision and passion and humanity and um and real um spirit being crushed by people who are just sort of about about the bottom line and about the number not just about the numbers but also about optics and yeah. about about just like um things that are not actually making their company better it's just about making their company look good and um it's it's um it's a beautifully made it's two and a half hours and it just flies right by mm. it's exhilarating i mean some of the best race i mean the best race racing movies since cars in my opinion <laughs> definitely <laughs> well, well what about um uh rush did you see Rush? Oh, i haven't seen rush but i but hear that's really i've good. heard it's good yeah. um so it's, it's have, you heard, it, have you seen furious seven I mean, <laughs> that's, that, that thing is, 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 <laughs> it's interesting how, how movies have weight and don't, cause I saw the Fast and Furious movie and, and cause it, that was a mixed top 10 list actually. And what, Hobbs uh, and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw was, was, was number 10. And, uh, and that movie, it was so like CGI and the, it, inartistic. You didn't have any weight to it, but in Ford v Ferrari, the races, it's like how Brad Bird constructs action scenes. Mm, it's actually yeah. very similar where you feel every movement, every time something goes by the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Fury Road, the best action uh, scenes. Um, so yeah, gr- that's a, a great and, and very crowd pleasing movie. It's right. very it's a very accessible great movie. Yeah. So my ten is um, a movie called Knives Out. It's by uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And who, this is my like six. And we're gonna overlap. A lot, yeah, so, we, yeah. Yeah. We, we have are. like six of the same movies. On yeah. Here. I'm sure we're gonna kind of skip around. Yeah. Here to and cause I've seen Knives Out too. Yeah. 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 Delightful movie. Um, Solve all together. Yeah. Yeah, Knives Out is is a ton of fun. It's like, um, it's like a seriously um, goofy movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, it's a very like murder mystery whodunit. Yeah, comedy. But, it, but it's it's not the thing is it's not really it, like it's not really a whodunit. It's not really a murder mystery. It's mm-hmm. not really any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. Uh, it you know it, it takes a lot from all of these movies and um and I think it, it it's almost like a it's almost like a genre parody uh, in a lot yeah, of ways because it ends up being it, it he takes the right direction which is to make it about the people make it about the characters yeah, and the character yeah, exactly. dynamics and what this murder brings out in everyone yeah rather than about just what's the solution because at a certain point that's compelling but at a certain point it it sort of deflates me oh it's just that guy who was the butler yeah you know, it's it, not interesting yeah it but, doesn't matter ultimately and but watching these people jockey for power uh, you know it's try, so as fun, this guy yeah. th- his will gets read or whatever it, yeah. it's it's delightful and it's and it's, the cast of this movie is just incredible oh it's uh, yeah it's insane and, of, and some amazing performances too i mean yeah I, I've always loved Anna de, de, Ar, de Armas. Um, Anna de Armas, yeah. Except, I mean, I guess I say always, but literally it's just since Blade Runner. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen a. a she's been a movie someone with who's her. been cast. Uh, it seems like mainly just because she's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. In, in, in like War Dogs, and and even in Blade Runner, I mean, she's, she's very in good. War Dogs. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Gosh. <laughs> it's not very good, but um, but this it's like a genuinely great performance. She's yeah, getting. yeah. Um, and, and, and it reveals itself as it goes on. It's right. really interesting. And, and, um, and Daniel Craig as well. Yes. Is great as the sort of, uh, Hercule Poirot-esque, uh, Southern gentleman detective. Yeah. I was uh, a little thrown off by the Southern accent at first, but I think he kind of works his way it's into hysterically it. hysterically funny. It I mean, is, yeah. He has probably most, the most funniest line readings. Yeah. Of any character this year. I mean, we were just <laughs> laughing at every other line that guy said. He, it was almost like uh, they were they 
they wanted to cast um, Kevin Spacey or something. You know what I mean? Like it was. <laughs> yeah, it was he, like was he was kind of doing a Frank Underwood yeah, House exactly, of Cards thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and and yeah, thank God they got Daniel Craig. Instead. It was a, it was a little bit. Um, like I didn't, the thing is I didn't believe it at first. I mean, I just, cause you know, <laughs> you know, Daniel Craig You're so you know, know. as being Bond. Yeah, exactly. Most exactly. famous Englishman, but, um, you know, but, but it, it, it kind of grows on you as, as the film goes on and you, you like really, it's, it is hilarious. It's, it's really funny. Um, yeah. Chris so, Evans, I think yeah. giving his best performance in that movie. Yeah, best the, performance ever. Really yeah. refreshing. Too. Um, yeah, and playing playing douchebag basically, and uh, and a lot of other great people. The, the most of all, I think notable. Well, Michael Shannon, just because he's hilarious. Yes, Michael so Shannon yelling things is one of the funniest things just in any movie. <laughs> Jamie and, Lee Curtis. Um, yeah, Jamie Curtis. Amazing. But uh, the one that just astounds me the most because he's been doing it for so long and has been mm. consistently great is Christopher Plummer. Yes, because. Agreed. He gave, you know, I think he became the oldest Oscar nominee for acting ever in All the Money in the World. Yeah. That's two years ago. And now he's like 89. And oh, my goodness. Giving another, Is he really 89? Yeah. yeah he, wow. he might 89 or 90 now. And and he's he plays the murder victim. You know this from the beginning of the yeah. movie. So I didn't expect him to be in the movie as much as he was in flashback. But he gets some really, really great um, work. Standout in, scenes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out Knives Out. Yeah. What's, so what's your nine? My nine is a very small Netflix film. Didn't even get released in theaters called Paddleton. Not to be confused with Paddington, which often people think. Great film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paddleton, on the other hand, is not a delightful film that leaves you with a warm feeling about marmalade <laughs> and a, a lovely bear. Um, it's a film. It's a film. It's with Ray Romano and, and Mark Duplass. As these two guys who are, they're not roommates, they, they're like neighbors in their apartment. And they're just these very simple guys who just, they spend their all their days playing um, this game called Paddleton, where they, you know, they're like a racquetball and they watch movies together. And they're, they're just like, I mean, it's almost like the relationship I have with Cameron when we live <laughs> together. You know, we just sit around, we watch stuff, we talk and joke around. And, um, but the beginning, at the start of the movie, Mark Duplass is diagnosed with cancer. And so they go on this trip to go get the suicide drug together. So it's sort of it's sort of a funny movie, but also it's a very serious movie. And I mean, at, for the first half of the movie, I just thought, oh, this is kind of an interesting, quirky character movie. And but by the end of it, I found it to be, I think, one of the most um, one of the most devastating um, movies about about mortality. I've ever seen because it's just so simple. It's so unromantic. It's, there's not no kind of movies deal with death often in kind of a glor glorified way mm, yeah. where there's a death means sacrifice or their death is re reconciliation or something like that. In this it's just, it is just what it is. Yeah. And it, and it's, um, if it weren't for the Irishman, it might be the, uh, you know, the most profound movie meditation on, on death this year. Actually, yeah. there's been a number of movies about death this year, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> interesting, uh, true. Uh, trend. I, I think, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's no movie that was more devastating. Like I was like, hmm. like shaking, crying, yeah. watching this movie, uh, than Paddleton. So, uh, you have to go in knowing that it, it is a pretty rough watch, mm -hmm. but, um, I think, the the uniqueness and 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 uh, the profundity of what it's expressing is makes it worth it for how devastating it is. Hmm. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't. Like, sounds, oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, that sounds like a cheery movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe I'll do that as as yeah. the uh, the My, double bill to yeah. the, the Rise of Skywalker. I might have seen it because um, it, it will make that movie you feel is better. also about death. Yeah, it's a. It, in fact, it's a very complex. Cameron, all right, all right. Enough about <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think it was Mike and Jay actually talked about Paddleton. That's why I watched. They did it on this mm. show, and that's worth watching their video talking about it because I think that's very sweet. Because in a way, I think there's a little bit of a parallel between the simple men of Paddleton and Mike and Jay's relationship. <laughs> there is something kind of sweet yeah. about like I I feel like Mike relates in particular to the characters of that movie, and, mm. and they are very moved by it as I was. So it's it's definitely worth seeing. All right, um, yeah. So my ninth. Uh, favorite movie this year is a movie called Climax. Um, this is not on my list, but it's in, it's probably my top twenty. Very good movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's 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 a wild ride to say the least. Um, it's kind of so the the it's a very simple premise, very simple plot. Um, basically, it it all takes place in one night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's it follows this dance troupe. And Starts out with one of the one of the most incredible dance sequences um, oh, in, yeah. in recent years I've seen in, on a film. All in one take as the camera goes above them and in front of them, and this choreographed dance that involves dozens of people coming together and then doing their own thing in different parts of the screen. Uh, just that alone is is uh, something worth seeing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it 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 takes place with this uh, this dance troupe who. You know, you don't really even get to know the characters all that well, but um, but you know, so and and they're celebrating after a night of, um, you know, they're it's like their final practice before I think before their big competition so. or something. Yeah, um, some and kind so of celebration. They're, they're celebrating and they're you know they're drinking sangria mm-hmm. and someone ends up spiking the sangria uh, with LSD. And um, yeah. from there uh, is just a downward spiral of and, and utter for, chaos, chaos, yeah. mayhem. Um, and you're seeing the, the thing is you're seeing this from the outside. So it's it's not a it's not a perspective movie. It's not like you you are you don't you follow know, one person specifically. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're kind of the the um, the the godlike observer, and you're watching everybody descend into into. Mm-hmm madness um and it's basically like a um a nightmare it's an hour and a half of a nightmare which makes it i think even more than palatin probably the hardest movie to recommend on these lists oh yeah i think so because it's like why do you want to watch that but to me there's something compelling about seeing people push to the extremes Mm. of their humanity and how they tear each other apart and how different people react to this kind of paranoia and surreality that that surrounds them um and also the technically after the acid drops basically every that becomes a one-take film yeah it becomes a handheld one-take film where it's just following all these people and it's wending between them and as they're having their hallucinations and it gets crazier and crazier it gets more and more surreal it gets um it's almost like a, it becomes dance like the way yeah. they're reacting to it and, and going after each other and and um, just the craziness that ensues. I think at one point the camera just turns upside down yeah. and you're watching yeah, it on, it the, on the on the floor. And it's it's really um, it's just a very unique experience that I think is worth checking out just because you'll never see anything quite like it. It's this this guy yeah. who makes these very out there movies. Yeah, not all of them Gaspar, work, but Gaspar Noe. Yeah. Um, I I'm not a big fan of his. I, I like. I, Have you seen his movies though? 
Um, yeah, I've seen, uh, what is it? Enter the Void. Oh, you've seen Enter the Void. Yeah, yeah that's um, not. It's it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, good. yeah, there's some stuff in it that you'll never see in any other movie. Sure, yeah. That's cool, yeah, but it true. doesn't hold together. This one, for some reason, there's nothing in it that has the falseness of like the performances. Like Sophie Boutella is really great in, mm, yeah. in Climax. She, and, she played the, the alien in Star Trek uh, Beyond. <laughs> I, oh, gosh. And I was forced... Uh, by my by my class uh, to watch um, segments of what is that movie called Irreversible? What is ah, that? Oh, really? Uh, yes, that's uh, famous yes, for a very and disturbing and uh, wanted, sexual assault or something. I, I yeah. wanted to bleach my eyes. Um, really? It, oh. it was very bad. Um, I thought you when you said forced. I thought you were going to talk about how I forced you to see climax because I remember. No, no, no. I remember. I you you were not crazy. I said we're going to go see the new Gaspar Noe movie at the draft house. <laughs> You're like, oh god, really? I was like, no, let's see. Because I, I just thought it'd be weird and and it'd be funny yeah. if Cameron was tortured. But but yeah, instead I mean, he ended up being. It was your favorite movie at the time, and it was. Yeah, and, it was my favorite movie for a long time. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, basically up until this this quarter, this last quarter of the year. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, this year that's been weird. Is is it's been very top heavy. Yes. Yeah. All almost every great movie has come out in the last three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, so I, I loved, I loved climax. I think if you like, um, if you like something like Hereditary or another movie that I'm going to talk about called The Lighthouse, um, I think you'll probably um, be interested in climax. Uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, definitely not. Yeah. But if you again, if you liked something that was kind of, um, you know. Uh, I think Hereditary probably is is the best parallel. Like if you mm. like Hereditary, you will like Climax because right, um, right. it is um, horrifying and uh, insane, but but very masterfully crafted. Um, and you know, there's some there's some French oddities, mm-hmm. uh, some Frenchities, <laughs> right? Um, uh, that don't you know I don't love uh, because the French are are. Um, dis- disturbing I people. Prejudice come in because to me, I don't see any of the French stereotypes at all in this movie. No, no, no. no. I mean, there, there are definitely some where he's, you know, he has like the inner titles that are like that are like, ugh, and it's upside oh, down. Yeah, you know? he has, yeah, he yeah. Has, yeah. That was so small though; it just didn't. It, matter, it doesn't matter. You know? it was, but it's it like was just such an amazing experience, yes, and exactly. just a pure, just a pure cinematic experience. Yes. Um, and and also. The third best use of a Rolling Stones song this year, An- Angie, at the end of the <laughs> yes, movie is great. Yes, we didn't wonderful. talk about the the second best, which is Knives Out. Yes, off the end, Sweet Virginia. Um, let's see, what's my and, and number one is Out of Time and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, great. We'll get to that one. Um, what's so oh wait? That was your nine? that was my nine. Holy so you have you're on eight. Or on eight. Okay. Um, I got oh us. Us is my number eight, and that's your number seven. Seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was one of the few great movies that was earlier in the year. Yeah, um, uh, that was the, I, I think probably most people have seen this was Jordan Peele's second movie. I think better than Get Out. I I thought Get Out was a very good movie, but I think this one it was like his filmmaking talent like came to full fruition in mm. this. And and it even though I think Get Out has a much it's much more straightforward and you could say maybe less flawed or or. There, there's there are fewer holes you can push into it. Yeah, us I find more interesting because it, it allows for more of a range of interpretation and and it's not quite as it's less literal than yeah. Get Out. Yeah. Um. And on top of that, it's it's 
just an excellently made horror film. And we talked about us. We don't need to talk about this a lot. But, right, right. But it's just, it's brilliantly made. And, and another one that I think is pretty crowd-pleasing, unless you're like Kazu, who was disturbed. I took Kazu to see. He was very angry. Why was that it's, Kazu? It's fairly disturbing. I don't know. Kazu doesn't like violence. I, think, I mean, it's obviously a well-crafted film. It's yeah. just not the type of movie I like Kazu like seeing people's throats slit. <laughs> you know, I can relate, I guess. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> more, um, more of the coming-of-age guy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he likes coming of age films. Yeah, uh, I the thing was my my girlfriend loved um, Get Out, but mm. I didn't take her to see Us because oh, you still didn't. We talked about no. that on the other episode. Uh, yeah, because well, Cameron, because uh, oh. I don't think I don't think she'd. But at um, home, you could just go, you know, cover your eyes during I, the uh, after the police scene, which is awesome. Which is awesome. It's not the violence that's the problem. It's yeah. like the, the it is actually a scarier movie. It's a more disturbing than, oh, film. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Death, it is more sure. of a straight horror film. Yeah, yeah it's very... Kazu was mad about the violence but I remember the most fun was the part where the home invasion, where they're standing outside and Kazu was sitting next to me going, bro, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Like he was just so... It's because it's it is. such a good it's scene. It's so though. simple but so terrifying. The oh, idea yeah. of just people standing there um, I, I just love how much he, he relies not on the jump scare conventions of mm-hmm. horror, but yeah. really on, uh, dread and, and, um, and, and also we should note one of the top two or three performances of the year, Lupita Nyong'o. Agreed. Amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll be nominated for an Oscar. She's kind of like on the bubble. We don't really know, but, uh, but I hope she is. I hope she's, so. she's awesome. And she's always been awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, she was in The Rise of Skywalker, too. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> Wait, was she? Yeah, she's Maz Kanata. Oh, yeah, yeah. she is. But um, Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, speaking of Dread, The Rise of Skywalker. No. no I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my number eight, uh, that's what we're on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, my number eight was Toy Story 4. Um, oh, this is very cool. This is like my 11. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I absolutely loved this movie. Um, I liked it better than Toy Story 3. Um, I did too. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit, like t- just just me and you, Gizzo. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's something that's like both wonderful and sad about this movie. Um, I mean, it got I mean, I was literally tearing up it, within the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it just kicks you in the pants like the over and over oh and God. over again. Yeah. Not even not even just the end. I mean, there are so many moments in this in this movie yeah. where you're like, you know, you, you're like, <laughs> you just so all four of those movies. It's I mean, I like them to varying degrees, but all four of them are this combination of of silly and delightful and funny. Um, I mean, Twister 2 is one of the funniest films ever made. I'll say that till the day I die. Yeah. But they all have this sadness and this sort of existential fear in them that's, yeah. that's really interesting. And to people, I, I know a lot of people um, who um, have never seen Pixar movies or Toy Story movies because cause they think of them as just kids' movies. But I would say, if any of them are listening, it's, it is much deeper than just your average thing you put in front 100%. of a kid. It, it, 100%. They're, you know... They're amazing. And um, yeah, I re- re- revisited all three Toy Stories before Toy Story 4. And one and two are just a blast. And and to me, they have the, they're less poignant. Like, you don't cry really too much in those. Two, there's you cry a, in, in, in Jesse's yeah, scene. Yeah, Jesse's scene is, is the most sort of you get to that. And you point. cry when Rex loses his magazine under the. Bro, <laughs> 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 you're laughing so hard. Jesse's but, scene uh, is arguably that the first sort of Pixar moment yeah, where yeah. you're it's like it really yeah kicks signature you. picture For pixar sure. yeah yeah 
And uh, but then seeing three again, I thought of three as being on the same level. But and this is maybe a weird thing to say, but I I found it to be too overwhelming. I found it to be too much. <laughs> like, I, and I watched it. I watched it twice uh, uh, recently before, and it's like it's so it, it's the only one that isn't fun to me. Like Toy mm. Story four is fun um, and poignant. But there, but it has the right amount of right balance to it, and even the really movies you think of Pixar movies that are devastating, like Up, there's a lot of humor and lightheartedness oh, yeah. in that. And Toy Story three is sort of just this relentless nightmare, and perhaps <laughs> it's commenting something on on the state of our existence. But I don't know. I mean, just as a piece of, uh, I wouldn't. I have almost no re- desire to watch it again because mm. it's so devastating. And then, it, because you love these characters, I mean, I care about them more than anything. And then to see them just like get beaten up the entire movie like that yeah. it almost feels just cruel to me um so obviously it's great and of course the last 20 minutes of toy story 3 are transcendent yeah and, and uh i'm like gut-wrenching <laughs> but um but, but yeah toy i story liked four, 4 more and it was yeah. it was more fun and light-footed and uh i mean if we talk about how beautiful the movie looked i mean absolutely incredible i mean, I mean so incredible the, the artistry advancement of animation yeah the artistry of that movie i mean they they you can really see um how much time they put into into making things look like film and and not not in a way where it um you know not in the in the polar express kind of way where they're like we're trying to make things look real you know mm. in the way that yeah. it's like it's like no we're going to actually like really um dive deep into how these you know how lenses work and how how light refracts against against certain surfaces and it's just like it's incredible and the light in this movie the light in this movie yeah i mean i haven't seen something that looked this beautiful since since blade runner 2049 (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's like it it was it was just i mean it, it blew my mind that something um you know computer animated yeah. computer generated could 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 look that real and that like tangible yeah almost you yeah. know it was so it was so gorgeous no it's it's it's, it's mind-blowing i mean and the use of water and the rain scene oh. all these different things oh, man. and the, the colors and the carnival i mean it's it's just gorgeous the one thing to me that keeps the movie back from being absolutely great for me um and i still think it's one of the best films of the year but it's just the fact that the the idea of Woody being um, I don't know how much we want to like tell about the plot yeah, of the movie, I, but but him him um, his his decisions at the end of the movie, I'm not sure if I totally bought that like mm. based on just what happened in the one day of the movie. Yeah, it's very moving, it's very emotional, it feels right as you watch it. Yeah, but thinking back on it, I'm not exactly sure if if I really completely bought it and and it also felt and one of the other the other criticism i will say is i think the movie did dirty to buzz lightyear and i think buzz lightyear's character in both the last two movies has sort of been turned into just comic relief when in the first movie he's comic relief but he's one of the main characters he goes through an amazing transformation and And he's kind of the antagonist in in some ways yeah definitely and then the second movie he's just awesome i mean he's just he's like the heroic most heroic character in the movie um and 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 an intelligent leader yeah and to make him in kind of to uh, dunce in toy story 4 that felt like it felt like they're tipping the cards a little bit and and pushing you away from the original people you loved yeah, I, for yeah. the newer character but but still i mean i don't know 
darn it, it really worked. I Every mean, now and then, I will nice. I will go back and listen to um, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you it you just, really like the Randy Newman songs, right? It yeah. Just, yeah, me too. I mean, it, it makes me tear up, honestly. Like, it makes me... It, oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about, like, Forky and how... It's a pretty crazy yeah, movie. Yeah. Basically, it, life is created and yeah. it's very existential in that sort of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, in any case. Uh, so, so your seven, seven. I already said my seven, which was us. Okay. My uh, seven... Uh, oh, you guys haven't seen it. It's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm. And... And actually, last year I had a Mr. Rogers movie on that was a documentary, and this movie—I don't know if I'd, which I'd say is better. They're both pretty amazing movies. Um, this this one, Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers, but interestingly, the director, who is this this woman, Mario Heller, who I think is is someone who people aren't paying enough attention to. Like to me, I think she should be, you know, up there with Jordan Peele or Ari Aster as someone mm-hmm. who people really look to as one of the great emerging talents. Just because in just three movies, she made a movie called Can You Ever Forgive Me last year. That was pretty amazing. And this one, um, she's really forged a pretty distinctive voice. And in this one, she she the structure she she described for this movie is she wanted to make an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhoods for adults. Hmm. So it starts with Tom Hanks coming out and singing the song, doing the Mr. Rogers thing. And that's the moment where you go, oh, it's Tom Hanks. Like, this is this is wrong. You know, yeah. Tom Hanks has such a different vibe. He's such a forward kind of like intense guy, yeah. um, even though he occupies the same kind of place in most Americans hearts, you know, or maybe even the world. And um, but then once he starts talking, you realize, oh, my God, this guy is he's incredible in his performance as Mr. Rogers because he dials back all that intensity and he brings into the performance, that stillness that Mr. Rogers had. Mm. And the movie becomes this movie about the reporter who tells the, who is doing a story about Mr. Rogers, who has, he's just had a kid and he has sort of a, a very cynical outlook on things. And his, his, um, he has sort of a strained relationship with his, um, father and his wife to some extent. And, um, and he of course goes into the interview with a very, like, what's this guy's deal? Like who, who is this guy really? Mm. Who is he playing? And, it's sort of about Mr. Rogers. It sounds cliche to say changing his outlook, but even though the the structure of the movie and the 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 arc of it is sort of like you know where it's going to go, it's it is so she she's able to control the tone of the movie so well and not lean into sentimentality, but instead lean into like real emotion and real humanity and. Um, and transformation. I mean, there there are so many scenes in this movie that are just like so moving. Mm. Um, there's there's a scene, Mr. Rogers. He, he has this thing where he talks about um, having a moment of silence and thinking about the people who meant the most to you and who who uh, loved you into loving, you know, brought you into being. And uh, and it's one of the great moments of the whole year. I don't want to tell you exactly how it goes down, but. It's it's really wonderful. I, the whole movie is just is just wonderful. I saw it with my dad, and we were just like weeping watching this movie. Mm. It was so lovely. Um, another great end. A lot of a lot of great endings. Very very poignant, quiet endings this year, and that's one of them too. Um, so just yeah, like the rise of Sky. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, Anyways, I didn't um, count that, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I already said my number seven. Um, that was a uh, um, us. us. Um, so by the way, can I, can I, ask, I was surprised no Midsummer on your list. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Midsommar was interesting because, um, 
obviously, and this is unfortunate, but obviously it's kind of compared to its its oh, bigger her, brother, Hereditary. hereditary yeah. And I, I do feel like um, Hereditary... Uh, in a lot of ways is is I mean it's it's a much better movie mm-hmm. um, but it also left a bigger impact on me than Midsommar oh, um, definitely. E- even though I, I really really enjoyed it um, it was a movie that I kind of um, I, I was almost I was almost left um, not thinking about it in the way that I did yeah, Hereditary it's definitely you know? a more flawed movie and it does not maintain the intensity of Hereditary right, it would right. have been on my top 10 I was just I, I for some reason I thought it might have been on yours. Yeah, um, and and it's funny because um, with a little bit of time, it's gone from um, it. W- it probably would have been, um, you know, in place of us, or I, I would have liked us better, or I would have liked Midsommar mm-hmm. better than yeah, us. That's what I thought actually. Um, but uh, thinking about, I mean, just just like taking a step back and 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 thinking about both of these movies, I think I think us. Um, I enjoyed more mm. in a lot of ways. I think it transcends the genre more. And, I agree, and yeah. it maintains the the intensity on on the character uh, journey. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree. Better than Midsummer, but it is you know it's it's def again that's another one's probably my top twenty five or twenty thirty. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Great um, craftsmanship. Well, and I mean, it's definitely in my twenty five because I only saw twenty thirty. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, um, so what, what, what were? Sorry, I interrupted your number. So six. yeah. So uh, I'll just say my number six, which is Jojo Rabbit, um, oh, I which I absolutely adored. It yeah. was um, such a heartwarming movie. Which it's so surprising that I'm even saying that because it's, it's about, about a, it's about a Hitler young boy. Youth. Yeah, it's a, it's about a young boy who is indoctrinated in into the Hitler youth. Um, you know, kind of during the end of the war, basically in mm-hmm. in 1945, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and it's kind of his transformation in a lot of ways. And he, you know, this is in the trailer, so it's not not a spoiler. But um, he he his mom is um, is hiding a Jewish girl in in the attic, um, and he finds her. And so he he kind there. The the majority of the movie is about them. Um, um, it's about dueling ideology within his head. Yes, because it's, it's yes, the girl exactly. and, and also the mother who embodies a kind of goodness as well. Right. The girl kind of takes more aggressive tack because, understandably, she's you know has hate yeah. for him because he's Hitler Youth, yeah. and going against. Hitler, his imaginary friend Hitler, is played by Taika Waititi, uh, the director, amazing, which is hysterical. Um, so. It, it was an interesting because the reaction to this movie, it was this sort of like lukewarm thing about it's it's either not funny or which I just disagree. I did yeah, think it was funny and or people saying and intelligent people saying this, that it's like not good that we're l- looking at Nazis in this way or in this in the sim because he's a Nazi. The kid is a Nazi or we're looking but, at him in a sympathetic yeah, way. But he's it's like kid, he's brainwashed. Yeah. He's he's he's. 10 years old he's maybe younger you know so you can't it's it's a little different than like oh you know looking at david duke or something and um and so, so people intelligent people are saying like oh in this day and age it's like you know when someone starts with something with this in this day and age or, or <laughs> in 2019 you always know a real intelligent remark is coming yeah but they they sort of uh had a criticism of the movie for that and to me the element of satirizing nazis is the least interesting it's enter- okay. entertaining, but to me, th- that part of the movie is is the most straightforward. It's just funny. It's just Nazis are dumb. That's all the movie really has to say about yeah. on that matter. Yeah. And that's really all they deserve. But to me, what makes the movie 
what takes it to the level. This is my four or five, I think. I think currently I have five of the year. Um, takes it to another level is it becomes a movie about the impact of of not just brainwashing, but like the um, about war and just by a greater extent the world on a child and and how difficult it is to be a kid growing up um when you're you're oppressed by all this different these different conflicting values that are coming into your head and at war with each other and also your conflicting feelings because his feelings about the girl she's a jewish girl but at the same time he's he he's also experiencing his first like attraction yeah she's this like you know like teenage girl and he's also um repulsed by her so it's all these it's it's about all these things wrestling within this kid i mean most embodied by the literal imaginary friend of hitler um and so ultimately i i found it to be a great sort of investigation of that kind of um turmoil that and and it becomes this great coming of age movie about that yeah that that Um, was very powerful and moving and in many ways that was what was most interesting to me was that it 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 started off almost a um almost an exp- exploration of of sort of the Hitler youth as a yeah. you know as an organization and, and you know like a Nazi- Mel Brooks movie Nazism yeah. yeah and satirizing Nazism um you know as an ideology and then it kind of left that um it left that really early on mm-hmm. um and and it didn't really revisit that in any in any deep way and mm-hmm. it really turned into a movie about about a kid growing up um, yeah. and it turned into this coming of age movie that almost, I mean, it was almost as wonderful as something like Moonrise Kingdom in a lot of ways, you know, it, Maybe I got, more so. yeah. I got a lot of, I got a lot of the same feeling that I got out of that movie where yeah, people compare it to Moonrise Kingdom, to, but to me, one of the things that I, I, I think in, in terms of color and tone and irreverence, it's similar, but I think with, with Waititi's movie, it's there's a there's a real humanity and a real yes, exactly. um it's not sentimentality but a real um fullness of emotion that comes out in the movie I moonrise guess. kingdom wes anderson is kind of a detached director and, and moonrise kingdom is is affecting but it's in a different it's a little bit more ironic yeah. a little more yeah. distance this is like incredibly moving i mean the use of music mm. michael giacchino writing some of the most poignant music he's written since up i think and and use of david bowie the end, in the movie yeah. um there's just so much stuff in this movie that that was really, really, um, really affecting, and and I think it's a, just a really interesting movie to wrestle with, and 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 try and look beyond just being like, oh, how well does it own Nazis? It's like we have we have so many movies that are about, um, like it's when you're when it, the movie is about the point of view of a child, right? He's not gonna be looking deeply into the real tenets of Nazism. He just no. thinks about it like a club. And he's not going to know about the real atrocities. It's all very first person. Um, and and the, the corniness at the beginning of the movie reflects his kind of sunny outlook on, on mm. the, the group and, and the darkness that comes in as, as you know, the music goes away and the score replaces it and everything. It reflects his sort of um, coming of age and uh, the darkness creeping in. So it's, yeah, a and, great and, movie. And an amazing performance. Everyone in the movie is amazing. Yeah, but some of the, the, chi- the children in the movie are incredible, particularly Thomas and Mackenzie, who plays the girl, um, but also the, the boy as well. Almost like uh, unbelievably good, um, yeah. the, the the child actors. Like, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it's so impressive how, how, you know, well they come across on screen mm-hmm. and how it actually, they actually feel, um, 
they feel like a fleshed out part of the world in a lot of ways. You yeah. know, like like uh, YTT is obviously uh, creating sort of a um, heightened version of of what happened. It's obviously not you know it's not supposed to be a s- historical movie or anything, mm-hmm. um, but it it um, the 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 little hints of irony and the little hints of of humor and 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 fun and playfulness really come through especially in the in the children's performance mm-hmm. and especially the the best friend who doesn't get that much screen time but yeah I think, Yates he's great you know I yeah. think he he put he puts in a, a stellar performance he's, I, yeah he's, you know it's it's he's very funny. it's really impressive yeah um yeah so that was my number six what Fabulous was your movie. My number six was Knives Out, so then my five was... Wait, uh, did you say... You said your number seven, right? Yeah, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And then um, five would be Jojo Rabbit. What's your five? Uh, my five is The Lighthouse. Okay, that's not on my... That's not even really close to mine, but I, I, I liked it. It was. <laughs> it's not really an enjoyable movie, and it's kind Oh, of, it's not, yeah. It, it's, to me, I found it... It's very similar to the... Well, tell them what it's about, I guess. Yes. So The Lighthouse is a movie about... Um, uh, so it, it's it's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Um, by and, the guy who made The Witch. Yes, by the guy who made The Witch. Um, and it's about two... Uh, what are they called? Lighthouse um, keepers. Wikis. They're called wikis. wikis. Um, what does a timber man want with a wiki? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they're, you know, it's shot in, in a very strange way. It's shot in black and white in not quite um uh, uh academy ratio it's like very square what is it one five five something it's it's something like that um <laughs> I don't, i'm not sure exactly but yeah yeah it's uh it's it's square i mean it's yeah, very it's, it's very compressed aspect ratio and and I, I look. I'll give the movie credit for the technical side of things. The the I mean, cinematography gorgeous, is gorgeous. amazing, and the production design and Pattinson and Defoe are fantastic in the movie. Yeah. But basically, the movie takes the structure of kind of um, it's it's not unlike The Shining. I found it in terms of yeah, it's, it's very a similar. movie with a, a very subjective point of view where you follow a character and you start to realize that that he's sort of an unreliable narrator and right. that that certain things that may not really be happening and. Um, I just the thing about it was I just uh, felt like unlike The Shining where there's kind of an escalation of it and it was there's more interesting kind of like a series of I guess variety of things happening. Mm. Um, this it felt like kind of repetitious of just these continuous scenes of them arguing and Willem <laughs> Dafoe harassing him. Um, hey, sorry, which is this not, is my, this is not a negative thing. This is my top list. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> stuff stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You keep going. No, no, I. Uh, I, I like those parts of it. I mean, I'm sure that's the same reason you liked it was yeah. the, the psychological battle between these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it it's similar. It's also pretty funny, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's similar to me. Uh, I, I felt a lot uh, like I did after I saw Climax in the way that, like, it huh. kind of devastates you uh, and it's kind of miserable the whole time. Yeah. But it's also, like, a great... Um, it, it feels like it's... Like you just went through through, um, you know, a devastating battle and came out on the other side, you know. Yeah. Like it, it gives you it gives you that that sort of um, exhilarating feeling um, that I think a lot of people don't like. Um, yeah, because I, it's, I, it's another hard one to recommend. I right. Think. Yeah. Because it's 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 both miserable and <laughs> um, and not fun 
and kind of a slog, but it's also um, really selling this movie camera. <laughs> it's also hilarious and and um and it just goes down and down and down and like yeah. it goes into depths where like you know that I haven't seen basically since The Shining. You know, it's yeah. like it 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 gives me a lot of those same feelings where you're like. Where you're like, oh no! What made it not oh, a, not no. a bad experience was was just being compelled by the performances and by these two guys, yeah, going at it and the just continuous weirdness of it and the invention. I mean, the guy is such a talented filmmaker. I think The Witch is a much better film and mm. it's much better in, in the conventional ways. But but this is it's I mean it's an accomplished uh, vision. <laughs> And uh, um, you're trying to be nice about this movie, but I can tell you don't like it. <laughs> no, no, I do. I do like it. I just it's definitely of all the movies on either of our lists. It's probably my least favorite. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I the thing is, I, I you knew that I was going to love this movie because. Yeah, that was uh, when I took you to because I was like, Cameron's going to dig this. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I I kind of have a fascination for for these kinds of movies that are not not so pleasant to watch um but are <laughs> yes but are yes. um just like tour de forces in in craftsmanship very, very jay bauman like sick and yeah. twisted yeah yeah. yeah 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 horrifying depths of depravity <laughs> i do think the movie has one of the funniest scenes of the year where where willem dafoe gets really hurt that 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 Robert Pattinson doesn't like his cooking. He's like, <laughs> you're not fond of me lobster. <laughs> and then he goes on this monologue and then Robert Pattinson's like, all right, I like your cooking. <laughs> and the scene just ends. Um, so yeah, it's a delightful movie, whatever. Yeah, it's it's not really. It's not a delightful movie. But it is, um, again, if you, if you like... I, I mean, I don't think if you like Hereditary, it's not in the same vein, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but if you like something like The Witch, I think you might like this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like something that's kind of, um, I mean, it's a disturbing movie, but it's it's also, um, I don't know. It just it, it it gripped me in a way that I don't think uh, I think few movies have in recent years. Yeah. Um, so okay, well then let's see. And we should probably go like just list these at the end of this so people can write them down if they're interested because we're so flitting back and forth so much. But uh, my four is the Irishman. Maybe we can save that to the end because that's yeah, your number one. Yeah. And and darn, that's that's we could talk for hours about oh, the Irishman because oh, it's yeah. great. Your four is Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. That that's one that was that was my number two. That became my number two, and then it dropped out of my top ten. Really? Because I saw wow. it again, and I just sort of felt like it was there's a lack of. Well, talk about what it is. I don't want to undersell it because it is great, and everyone seems to really love it. Yeah. So, and I kind of do love it. I love <laughs> Bong. I, uh, if we were talking about last week, that the, the uh, uh, great directors of the decade. Yeah. Bong Joon Ho. That guy is. What, I wish three for three the, or four for four. The thing is, I wish Mother was uh, was in 2010 because that would have been, been on your list. I think that would have been number one on my list. Really? I think so. Yeah. Over Mad Max? I think so. Really? Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Really? Oh, I had no idea. Have you seen it again since we watched it in the dorm? Yeah, I, I've seen it uh, like probably two or three times. I, I, it's my favorite of his movies too. I didn't realize yeah. you liked it that much. Though. I, wow. I, I am utterly enamored by it. Yeah. I think it's, it's. Yeah, just an incredible yeah. movie. You know, if the worst movie you made this decade is Okja, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like true. Snowpiercer. Or, well, no, actually, you know, I don't know if I like Okja more than Parasite. I, I'm kind of, I'm going back and forth. What? Parasite really? might jump. Parasite might jump back in. I, I, it's hard to say. I like Parasite much better than Okja. Yeah. Um, I think the thing about Okja is, um, 
as fun and enjoyable it is, it also has its its fair share of issues. You know, it's not it's not a perfect movie. Um, I, I mean, I you know, pa- Parasite is not a perfect movie either. But um, but it's it's it is a um, it is such a thrill ride, and it, it kind of is a perfect movie. That's the weird thing about it. Is it no? It is like. <laughs> Like structurally and just craftsmanship, it is yeah, impeccable. Yeah, yeah. it's just I the the second third time I watched it, I the suspense was taken out of it, so the thrill of it was gone, and what was left wasn't that like us. What's left after you get over the suspense of it is a really interesting character investigation with Lupita, um, and um, I've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood seven times this year. Jeez, in theaters, yeah, the most I've ever seen a movie in theaters, and. That last oh sequence <laughs> remains thrilling. I find yeah. that last sequence, yeah. it is always thrilling. And Parasite, to me, I don't know. Maybe I'll see it again. Maybe we'll go with Kazu or something. And maybe don't see it again. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't, you're kind of you're kind of in a in a, um, a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario right now because it's like, delightful. It's it's like fantastic. It's just weird that I had this weird. Reaction the last time I, th- I feel like the last time you kind of soured yourself on it you know what i mean yeah you, you yeah. like and, and you know what you 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 raised... the two of us saw it the first time though we were like over the moon yeah and yeah. which was weird because i had a bad experience getting to the theater <laughs> you went to san rafael instead of i know san yeah just absolutely a nightmare uh, um so you missed yeah. a little bit of it yeah so i missed the first well, i don't know not even the first scene i i came in like halfway yeah. through the first scene yeah. i think um and you said oh he just got a rock you know yeah, yeah. um so um do we, do we even explain what the movie's about it's basically about a, a poor family who insinuates their way into a rich family working yeah as who tricks tutors and yeah. servants and yeah. tricks their and way and driver. without them knowing that they're a family too that's, right. that's the interesting right key bit of this it's very simple in terms of premise but it is just the, I mean, the guy is one of the most talented people making movies. Yes. In terms of just the choreography of the camera, the editing, the way he uses the score over the whole scene where they, they have to uh, replace the maid is <laughs> oh, one of my favorite yes. things the whole year. Um, I don't want to say exactly what happens, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's so awesome. It's um, so funny. And, uh, oh my God. And, and, then, and then there's sort of a centerpiece of the movie where layers start to reveal themselves that you have no idea are yeah. coming and it becomes really uh the more i talk about it, the more i'm like maybe this should be in my top 10 because this movie is pretty, pretty it's, it's wonderful um but but i what so are you gonna say i it? i do hear your criticism you you gave me one criticism that that i that i i actually do agree with mm-hmm. um the 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 characters are um not incredibly well defined mm. in in a certain way, um, and when it comes to that last, I, I again, I'm not going to spoil it, but when it comes to that last sequence, um, you kind of there, you believe it in the moment, but thinking back on it, you kind of, um, you know, the, there's it certain things that feel a little contrived. Yes, mm. yes, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I do agree with that. That's why I said it's not a, it's not a perfect movie, mm. but it is a a stellarly made movie i mean it's yeah. just it's so you almost have to watch wonderful. it the way you watch like a tom cruise like a mission Impossible movie where yeah. it's just yeah. y- 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 thinking about it there are themes about it. it's definitely about uh, you know rich and poor and and the jockeying of the lower class and that sort of thing but in terms of just the experience of it it's best experienced just as 
oh my god where is this going how are they going to get out of this so where is this going you know and it's yeah. it is um it, it's one of those ones where even i was like gasping like my mother does when she goes to movies <laughs> at certain moments because yeah. it's so it's very hitchcockian very um yes. like that's a fair comparison yes yes, yes. I and um yeah, definitely. Absolutely worth seeing. It, One of the it, most well-received movies. The highest rated movie right? on Letterboxd of all time. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, really? Be the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. What? So, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and that's people, people really love the movie. Um, okay. So, with that kind of rating, it means the odds of you going and loving it are very, very high. So, yeah. go see it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah, everybody that I've talked to has, has loved it, has... Um, mm-hmm. you know, come away, you know, just as ecstatic about it yeah. as I was. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, if this is people's introduction into Bong Joon-ho, mm-hmm. um, which I think for some people it is, um, like some people have seen Snowpiercer, but it kind of flew under the radar. Right. Um, you know, even though it was an English language film, mm-hmm. um, if this is people's introduction into him, I, I mean, I think it's, it's all, all for the better. I, I, I I love this guy. I, I want him to do more films and, you know, I can't wait to see what he does next. So, okay. So where were you? Three. You're three. Did you do four? I think our three is the same, isn't it? What's your three? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's the same for me. Okay. Great. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we've already talked about this a lot on the podcast, though. Back when I saw that, I only gave it like an eight out of 10. Like I was, I was less Mm. enthusiastic, which Kazu was laughing at me about because he and my mom, they they were they cottoned on to the greatness of this movie the first time they saw it, and for me it, it seemed like it took three views. I think it was the third time when I saw it with you and mom, where I realized, oh wait, this is a great movie. What am I insane? And I, and then it was like for me it was a great movie with caveats where I thought it was boring because I definitely talked on the podcast about yeah, how there's certain yeah. things they found boring, and then I saw it uh, proceed to see it four more times <laughs> in the theater, and I I was just like, oh no, I love every minute of this movie. It's completely delightful mm. and moving and uh, one of the most humane and touching movies Tarantino's yes. ever made. Agree. 100%. Um, it's so simple, but th- th- even the most simple scenes I find compelling him feeding his dog and, and, uh, the whole, uh, what's the, that's the whole part with the, um, you know, him, him doing the Western show, even I find yeah. entertaining. Oh, the, it's amazing. The scene yeah. with the little girl. And then of course the, the, fi- the finale of the film that involves the Manson family, um, one of the best scenes of the year. I, I yep. find it great. Or just the third good. act of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, we we so turn well it on. Done. Yeah, from the scene where Brad Pitt's at the at Spawn Ranch, and uh, mm. and then just we just kept watching it till the very end because everything after that is basically a masterpiece. Yeah, I um, agree. And I don't know if you have anything else to say about it. We've talked about no, it a we lot, we've talked about it to death. It's so, um, awesome. I'd like to move on. Definitely it's, see it. Brad Pitt it is for best. Oh yeah, actor, yeah, yeah. Everyone in the movie is terrific. DiCaprio is great, but Brad Pitt, I think, is like spot on. One He's of, so good. It's it's it's. I think it may go down his his signature performance because it brings together everything we love about Brad Pitt, and um, and I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win this year. I hope so. Finally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I'll just say one thing about it because mm-hmm. I adore this movie. I mm-hmm. think it's, um, I think it's so beautifully made and such a touching movie. Yeah. It's a movie about friendship. And, yeah. and it's so sweet and it's so unlike anything that Tarantino's done. Yeah. And it it really hits um it hits the right people in the face. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just leaves Literally. you. Literally. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then it leaves you with just such a such a somber and um 
and endearing feeling. And it just like, yeah. it just like, it's one of the best complex endings of yes, the year where there, there are really different notes playing yes. simultaneously. Yes. Yes. And it's really beautiful. I loved it. All right. I'm going to so do good. my number two because I think your top two are, is my one and your one. So, um, no, my top one is your four. We had said this already. I no, I mean, Irishman. Okay. <laughs> let me just do now. My number two is her smell. We'll go back through this again. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, that, which is another one I don't think you've seen, right? Nope. This is a, this is independent guy, Alex Ross Perry, who I'd never seen any of his movies. Um, and it's about this, woman who's probably 30s or 40s who's one of these kind of like riot girl punk uh band leaders singers who kind of became famous probably as a teenager and it's about her being basically this megalomaniacal monster and just having this power because she's you know everyone around her 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 mother her bandmates her manager everyone is surviving because of her success so they can't just throw her out of their life mm. but she is i mean the most the, the most horrendous you could be to another person without actually physically harming them i mean and it is hands down without question the performance of the year elizabeth wow. moss playing this woman becky something <laughs> it is it, it because the movie is almost uh, theatrical the f it's told in five acts of real time where you just follow her and the f and the first three are, are either behind i think behind the scenes of of performances and it's written in this kind of high it, it's written in a way that's a little bit um unreal kind of the way tarantino writes where it's it's great mm. but it's not it's not a literal version of the way people right, talk right. it's very theatrical um but like the insults she's throwing out, I mean, I, I would put their whiplash level insults and, <laughs> and they are, um, and the movie is shot in the style where it's handheld shot by the same guy who shot good time. Oh. And to me, it's like, it's like watching sunset Boulevard. Cause he's very Gloria Swanson. Like, mm, mm. um, it's like watching sunset Boulevard shot by the Safety brothers. Wow. That's the way okay. it feels to watch this movie. Yeah. Cameron's All in right, now. I'm into it. Yeah. I, I want to watch this. You're movie watching this person just, just, you know, wreak havoc through everyone's lives. Um, why is this something that you'd want to go see? I don't know. I just find it to be <laughs> a, a, an immense, like an amazing immersion into, mm. into these people's lives. And they're so specific and you actually come to care about them a lot. And, and by the end of the movie, it becomes something that's not just nihilistic. And yeah. the last two acts of the movie go in kind of a different direction that I found incredibly unexpected and surprisingly moving. Uh, and it, and it, I don't know. It sort of it becomes about sort of asking the question of like, is this person who's been this awful someone who's redeemable? Hmm. Um, I think Alex Ross Perry said that he saw a performance of of um, I'm not sure. I forget what band it was. Like it was like an older band who who had been disbanded for a long time and they got back together. And the, there's sort of rumors about what was happening behind the scenes of the conflict between band members, and uh, and he wanted to do a movie that's sort of about what's going on behind the scenes of right. what what's what's going on with all these people um and while elizabeth moss is astounding in the movie everyone else is also great in it uh giving amazing performances um yeah definitely amazing movie all right um uh, my number two is waves yeah um, my number one Yes. So, so I'm a little, I'm not sure if I would, there, there's certain things I shift. I almost like, I'm like, it should once upon a time in mean, Hollywood be my number one. Cause it's the one I enjoy the most. Yeah. I don't know. And I I've seen many times. Well, but. we saw waves the other night. Uh, what was it? Tuesday, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like three nights ago 
Um, and uh, I was I was actually really um, struck by it in a way um, that I haven't been with a lot of movies this year. Yeah, and this is a tough one to talk about because yes, I yes, yes. both of us went into this knowing nothing about yeah. it. I, I made sure Cameron knew nothing about it. Had you even seen the trailer? Yes, you made me watch the trailer for you. Did I really? Yes. Oh, that's kind of weird. As he did with me as well. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Why he did I do that? took oh. me into a room, turned on a laptop. Look, okay, I'll and explain why this is. Room. This is a guy who... No, this is, This sounds weird when you say it like that. But <laughs> no, this is a guy it was who weird. I'm very... I've been very excited about for... Because I saw his first movie called Cretia that he did with just his family in, the, in this his home, childhood home. Um, and I thought it was, it was like watching like a minimalist Stanley Kubrick movie. Hmm. It was, it was so, uh, impressively shot for with a, whatever, $10,000 they shot it for. Um, and they did a horror movie called it comes at night, which wasn't as good, but it also was indicative of great talent. And this was this thing where I sort of heard it. It was a more personal movie and it was based in some part on his own life. Hopefully not all of it, but um, <laughs> I, I don't but think it, all it's, of it. <laughs> uh, it's it's inspired by his own upbringing, and without saying much about the story of it, it's sort of about um, a young man dealing with all the different uh, trials and tribulations of of being a, a teenager, being a young person, and yeah. his his relationship with his father, who sort of is is expects a lot of him, and his and his stepmother, and his sister, and his um, and his and his girlfriend and, and 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 dealing with his his life as a as a star athlete of his school and also being kind of the he's probably the most popular kid in the school. Uh, yeah, know. you don't really see that, but, but you kind of get that impression. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a person of great promise to people, and when sure. you're the person of that kind of promise, um, there's a lot of expectation placed upon you, and there's a lot of kind of um, he also. I mean, it's not it's not of immense importance but he is from an african-american family and his father kind of places that burden on him as well of, yeah. of saying like we're there and they're very wealthy and saying you know i've worked this hard for you and you need to work even harder to you know maintain your place in this because the world looks at you in a different way um so it becomes a film that's about race but it's also very you could say it's very universal as well yeah, yeah. um but to me that's just the premise of the movie the way it goes the way it's structured is almost unique, I would say. Yeah. Almost unlike I, any other movie. I, yeah, I've never seen a movie see that, that that does the does kind this, of coup yeah. this movie does. Yes. And it's it's the craftsmanship of the movie that, that places it because the story of it is is uh, quite simple. It's not um it's not a movie of like of uh, Well, I mean, yeah, I guess there's twists and there, turns there to it, things, but it's there are things that happen in the movie that are that are some of the um again talking about death uh you know that are some yeah dealing the, with grief certainly yeah. of the uh, of the more profound things that i've seen this year yeah um but I, it's, and, I was the way man it's, it's poetically driven the film that's what yes 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 um yeah but i mean i i guess i guess it's the narrative is is not um you know it's not complex or anything it's not like it's jumping around or anything. you know it's it's very straightforward in in that way um but um, but what happens in, and the craftsmanship and the, um, the, uh, the straight, honest look at, um, at life and at death and at grief and sadness and, um, sorrow and loss. It's, it's just so, um, well-balanced, not, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's well balanced in in the things that um the things that it examines in both the the happiness and the joy and the yes um, yes the elation love and hate things. it is about it is sort of a he kind of does it like a yin yang kind of yeah exactly there's kind of an idea going on and and uh and and also at the core of it, I mean, the, his whole relationship with the sister, and and it yeah. becomes this, like one of the great movies I think about uh, relationship between siblings. And it gives me chills, even though they don't really yeah. share a ton of screen time. But just you know, uh, her her comforting him, um, it, it's I don't know, it's very I find it almost hard to talk about. It's very very affecting, yes. and um, yes. and it's interesting because the movie, the things going on in the movie, it's kind of like we talked about with Locke, where it's it's things that are every day and they're not, they're not supernatural mm. or, or um, they're not, not everything that happens in the movie is extreme though. It does go to some extremes, but it, it um, he, he's focusing on these sort of things that someone like Linklater would focus on, right. but he's doing it with this intensity that, I mean, this movie is, is as gut wrenching and, and thrilling as any more so than any action film I've seen this year, yeah. certainly. Um, and, the guy's talent as a filmmaker. I mean, it's one of the most gorgeous looking movies of the year. Yeah. I the, uh, editing is inventive and, and, and poetic and beautiful. The use of music masterful. Um, and it's, it's, it's simple in, um, all of its elements, mm -hmm. but it's very, um, deep, you know? It, it, yeah. It, it, it goes to the depths of humanity. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's hard. To this is one where if I did a show, I would do like an episode where we say we're going to spoil away. Yeah, I agree. we're going to talk yeah. in depth about it because there's a lot you could talk about. It's yeah. just a little hard to because I think even what I've said, I feel like I've said too much. It's it's even it's nice to just go in completely cold on it. But yeah. I think um, not knowing anything about this movie, you should watch it. It's going to be hard to find for the next couple of months. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of gone out of theaters, but it will be on on demand probably in a few months yeah. and you'll be able to see it. Um yeah. I would highly it's recommend it. I I I it's you know, as we're talking about, it is the best film of the year, I think. All right. Um yeah, and and, and this guy I think is is someone who people Trey Edward Schultz is his name and we, people should be looking at him the way we're looking at Barry Jenkins or Damien Chazelle or even Christopher Nolan as someone who is one of the most interesting uh directors working right but now. But he is very slept on. I mean, yeah, people, people do not. No, people do know not it. know him, and yeah. and um, and don't get me started on people's response to this movie because people are really. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, the, 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 this could apply to probably every movie we've talked about. That there's been some, other than the really tiny movies, there's been you can talk about the really the immense stupidity, yeah, of, of people's responses to every one of these movies. Oddly, yeah. um, because because. You know what drives clicks is stupidity. You, yeah. you look. It's not just about the fact that oh, the world is more politically correct. It's not. It's not really about that. It's more just about people write these things, so people go, "Oh my God, how could someone believe that?" <laughs> Tarantino thinks. That, you really think Tarantino thinks that he's supporting the Manson family, and he click it, and you, know, <laughs> you get your click. So whatever. Um, so yeah. Then so my to Mr. Tuttle's number one. Yeah. So my favorite movie of the year is The Irishman, and I was hesitant to put it up here because I think the top, my top four, um, I, I almost think are somewhat interchangeable mm -hmm. in a way. Um, I love them all so much, and um, it's really kind of hard to pick a, um, a pick a number one. Mm -hmm. uh, but the movie that I've thought about the most, and the movie that I've really kind of um, uh, dove into and and 
tried to deeply understand has been the Irishman. Um, and it's fantastic. And everybody's got a Netflix account. Everybody can watch this. If you have to watch it. In- well, that was interesting. What, a disembodied voice appeared from nowhere. Yes, it was the what Russian was Civil War and the Russian Wars. Um, of course, Cameron has it open on his computer. Oh, yeah, I know. His fascination I was, with history. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, yeah. Yes, the Irishman. <laughs> Do we say who made so this funny. movie? Yes, Martin, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. Um, who I don't think has made a bad movie this year or this this decade. Um, in fact, has made al- almost all great movies this this decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Shutter Island is probably the weakest of the decade. Even that, I I, I deeply enjoyed. I would disagree. I Cameron. know you would. Um, but, <laughs> but the guy's made great. I mean, the the guy. I think he kind of flagged a little bit actually in the two thousands, where I mean, his greatest movie is probably The Aviator. But he, he's, I, I there's barely anyone I can think of who has been this sustainably great. You don't great. mean sorry. You don't mean. Scorsese's greatest movie is no of that the decade. Aviator. Oh, I mean Scorsese's movie of <laughs> that's Scor- what I said. I I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't I didn't clear. what he said. Yes, I didn't understand. He that. said the two thousand. Um, okay. Yes, what Scorsese's I'm saying is best movie of the two thousands. Every decade Aviator. of his career, you could point to a great film he's yes, made. Absolutely. Most of them, maybe two or three, and this one, I would say four. Uh, this this current decade that is ending. Um, and the Irishman, I think, is up there with his greatest films ever. I agree. Um, yeah. it, to me, it's one of the most audacious movies he's ever made. One of the most, um, what, what would you call it? Like, um, I, he, he's, he's dealing with more profound subject matter than yes. even some of his greater movies, I think. Because he's really, ultimately, it's about mortality. I mean, the movie opens with Robert De Niro in an old person's yeah. home in a wheelchair, 90 years old or whatever. And him looking back on his life, and it's a it's a motif um, throughout the movie. I mean, it, it, the, I I hope this isn't a spoiler, but um, you know, every time there's a character introduction, mm-hmm. they also have a uh, basically an explanation of their death uh, next to them. You know, and right, it's, right, and it's and it's it's real. It's it's almost a laugh in the beginning. And then yes. as you as you sort of start to go along, you're like, wait a sec, you know, this isn't like, this no, isn't. It's funny, what the whole movie is know? about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I I would venture to say it's almost always funny. <laughs> like the thing about the movie is it, it's funny, and even when it starts being like devastating, it's still quite funny. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the uh, I think underrated aspects of Scorsese as a director is is how funny he is. Yeah. Um, I agree. Because he is. Uh, Goodfellas is is one of the best comedies ever made, and and I think The Irishman. Uh, well, we can get when we get into the performances, I'll talk about Al Pacino and how funny oh, all these people spectacular. are. Spectacular, but uh, just just incredible, um, how funny and but 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 at the same time, it's sort of like how you talked about us, how how comedy can I- exist with horror. The comedy in this also ex- exists alongside a, a profound existential despair yeah. of this movie and. By showing the first two hours of the movie, the first time I saw it, I sort of thought, what's all the hype about? I thought it, it seemed like kind of just a retread of movies like Goodfellas where you're seeing these guys do their crimes. And it, it's it's kind of um, it's it's not really structured in a way that's that it's it's going anywhere. It's just kind of seeing this guy's whole career of, of killing yeah. guys, of being a hitman. Um, 
But once you see it again, and once you see where Scorsese is going with all that, you sort of see that this whole idea is he's showing you all this thing, and he's showing these tableaus of this person died here. He's sort of showing you that all these people, all their uh, ambitions, all their pride, all their their uh, desires and, and um, thirst for power, and uh, all sort of amounts to the same thing. It all, yeah. it all goes to the same place. And... Um, and it's particularly powerful when it's these guys who you've seen it's as young yeah. men with Scorsese and um, continuing on and, and, you know, working with him for the first time in more than 20 years. Um, and, and the de-aging to me even kind of works in with that, too, because you never forget that they're old because the de-aging is an imperfect thing. And it's and it's a little weird to look at. And you can tell, you know, it's an old man's gait, you know, when De Niro's walking around or kicking some guy which a lot of people were talking about when it came on netflix like how that's so bad to me i just see that as like um i don't know sometimes i watch movies and when you see something that's a flaw it doesn't hurt something like when you hear mick jagger off mic yelling oh like when mary clayton does that her voice cracks and, yeah. and give me shelter that's that's a flaw that's a mistake but it's also like the greatest thing in the song um and and so, knowing where they all end up, and knowing knowing what's what's hap- what what really life adds up to, and what what this guy's life is added up to from living a life of coldness to his family, coldness towards human life, of almost no meaningful relationships. Um, yeah, over over those three and a half hours, it really it really reaches something. Yeah, quite amazing yeah, yeah. I, i've said a lot what do anything else you wanted to say about no it? i mean you you perfectly summed it up i okay. mean that's basically everything that i was gonna say well um, you should you should mention maybe just a little bit more about how it stars a de-aged trio of yeah 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 de niro uh, robert de niro joe pesci and for the first time working with uh uh scorsese al pacino mm, yeah. um all of which are give some of the best work of their entire careers De Niro, I think, is very understated and his performance maybe is a little underrated in the movie because he's a very passive character, a very blank-faced person. But I think the the horror he shows you yeah. in the last hour of that movie Oof. is really, I mean, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And, and the thing is, like, bringing back someone like Pesci who, you know, really hasn't made a movie in, I mean, it hasn't been in a movie, uh, what, in 15 years? Has it been 15 years, something like that? Um, you know, like, he comes back and and you, you expect him almost to be um, how he was in, in Goodfellas. Um, and he gives a performance that is, um, I mean... It's it's the best of his career. It's it's Pesci, you think? Yeah, I really think so, over yeah. Goodfellas. I think so. Wow. Yeah, I mean he's he. It's so unlike anything he's done. I mean, exactly. it really is, yeah. is is amazing. There's he's... some lines he says it just chills your blood. Yeah, the the way I, I can't really say what he says, but oh my god, it's what it is. I yeah, guess that's one. Yeah, of them. it's what it is. It's yeah. what it is. And then I think the star or the the movie and and to me I'd put in the trio with Lupita Nyong'o, Elizabeth Moss. Al Pacino. Mm. Al Pacino in this movie is, I mean, not just delightful, but he is so amazing in the movie. The level of pride yeah. and craziness and, and just 
and ambition and and callousness that he shows in, in Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> is just amazing to watch. And it's amazing to watch this guy who is going against his basically survival instincts because of how much pride he has in himself and yeah. how much how much assurance he has in his place of, of power. Yeah, and it's kind of what the whole movie is about as well. Um, I mean, it's very telling in that later scene where the, where the nurse is looking at the picture and she has no idea who he mm. is. It's like he's just completely he was he was more well known than the president at the time, and yeah. now he's just he's he's probably known. People only know him now because of the movies coming out. Mm. So um, he's amazing, and on top of that, he's so funny. I mean, he's oh, he's hilarious. He's, he's, <laughs> he's constantly eating ice cream. He's getting annoyed. Uh, he keeps getting into these tiffs with uh, Italian mobsters. <laughs> this is one of the funnier things in the movie is that De Niro and Pacino, like the two most famous Italian American <laughs> actors, are playing uh, like non-Italians. Yeah. So it's like Pacino lob calling these people. Uh, what's he call them? Uh, well, he says you people. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you people. What do you mean, you people? Yeah, him lobbing all these things. Like, oh, he calls him a wop. That's yeah, what yeah. he calls him in one scene. <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's just amazing. Um, so don't be intimidated by the runtime. It is like I said, if you have yeah. to break it up, you have to break it up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's worth a watch. It really, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. I, I there's nothing more to say about it than than it's 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 so like like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was. It's so somber and. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, devastating and, and about, you know, about things passing and, you know, things, things moving on past yourself. I mean, mm. all, all of these movies this year have been about, you basically every single one has been about things, <laughs> about death, things yeah. uh, moving on past, time. past your, past your life, past your your, yeah, your presence here, you know. Yeah, it's really yeah. There's another actually another movie that's like twelve on my list called Diane, which is by a guy named Kent Jones, who's actually a friend of Scorsese's. It's also about that about an old woman, and that's another one where it's just like a very flat portrayal of uh, uninflected, unromanticized portrayal of what it is to be an old person. Yeah. Well, is that uh, that's it? Oh, that's, that's our top it, that's ten. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh let's run it down yeah, so we, we can. Uh... Yes. So my top ten is Knives Out, Climax, Toy Story Four, Us, Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Waves, and The Irishman. And then mine is Ford v Ferrari, Paddleton, Us, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, um, Knives Out, Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Her Smell, and Waves. All right. Well, that sounds like... Is that all we're going to do? A great list. I mean, it's any, been any an other hour n- and a half. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm being late to... I know. I'm sorry. Dinner. Yeah. Uh, nothing else to... Yeah, whatever. There's nothing else to really to talk about. Wow. Any, Kazu, any movies we missed? I don't know. Um. Well, no. Avengers I've, Endgame. I know you Avengers really Avengers Endgame. I would say uh, um, Soderbergh's film. Uh, just oh, because you... it's so accessible because it's on Netflix. Oh yeah, High Flying Bird. That's a solid movie. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I know. Just before, obviously, the year isn't over. 
in this world. Mm, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Are there any other films? Yes, that you I'm. Are I'm looking so excited to? for Uncut Gems. I know. Oh, I cannot wait. That's the number I, one for me. Yes, I'm. Ex- I want to see Little Women. I don't know if it's gonna be very good, but I, I, I like Gerwig and I like Sergio Ronan. Yeah, I'm a, I want to see Eastwood's movie because I love Eastwood. I haven't seen Ford v Ferrari. Technically, it hasn't come out yet. And Hidden Life, um, you might like a lot. Oh, the and I want to see Hidden Hidden Life. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, this has been a pretty good year for any, movies. Yeah, I mean. any other, I'm just trying to think, any other notable things? The only, only other notable things I'd say this year, like, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in Joker yeah. as being, like, one of the best of its thing, and, um, and how John Powell's score of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which <laughs> I just, I just love so much, and was devastated it didn't make the short list. Yeah. But that's also a very good movie. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would recommend Midsommar to, to people, mm-hmm. um, I would recommend I would recommend Joker to people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a worthwhile movie. Most people have seen it, I feel like, but Yeah. Yeah. Um, smaller movies, Honeyland and and uh, The Mustang also are smaller movies worth seeing. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, anyways, um so this has been um I mean, you know, 3 hours of me and Juzo. Good god. Um haven't you had enough? I'm so sorry. Um All right. Well, uh, we may have a, a podcast next week. We may not. Who knows? I don't even know. Uh, but we'll see you in 2020. Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan-funded by listeners like you. And we wanted to shout out our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show at the highest level. If you want to support Everything Comes From Something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast, where you can give a couple bucks our way and get access to our exclusive monthly podcast that is released at the end of the month on the platform through an RSS feed. If you don't have a few dollars... Again, tell a friend, tell some family about the podcast. That is how a show like this grows, and you can give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you next week.